Hello and welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and joining me today is Ms. Brittany Sherell. I'm excited to speak with her. She teaches students in the special education department, self-contained and socially emotionally disturbed. But before we get into our conversation, I want to point you in the direction of TreyGamage.com, where you can subscribe right now to my new email list and receive just two emails a month. Um, while you're on the TreyGamers.com, go ahead and look at Every Decision Counts as well. Eight Lessons I Wish They Taught Me in School. It's an SEO workbook for middle and high school students, and I'd love for you to check it out. So without further ado, let's get back to our conversation. And Miss Cheryl, how are you doing today? Doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Trey. Yes, indeed. It's, it's my pleasure. So um, we've had a good little bit to talk and, and, and kind of get to know each other a little bit, can, but can you let everybody who's listening know something about who you are? Yes, yeah, so I am a certified happiness coach and author of the book, The Fulfillment Factor. And what I enjoy doing is helping women discover what it is that's missing in their life. A lot of times women find themselves successful, but they're still unsatisfied. And so I help them find that missing piece that I call the fulfillment factor. Okay, okay. The fulfillment factor, uh, happiness coach and special education. How, how did you form such um, specific fields that you love and are passionate about? So I really feel like it's all super connected. So as educators, we are often pouring into other people. We're pouring into our students. We're pouring into their parents. And there leaves little room for any pouring into ourselves. And so for myself, being a special education teacher requires so much of me. You know, a lot of times people don't understand that teaching is not just about teaching. There's a lot of paperwork that comes with it. There's a huge workload. Um, things are constantly changing in terms of what has to be addressed in the classroom. And it's really, it's really a lot of responsibility beyond just teaching students. And so with that being said, you know, as we know, teacher turnover rates are through the roof. And a lot of it has to do with that simple fact that teachers spend so much of their time pouring into others, there's no real, there's a gap when it comes to them getting what fulfills them as a person, what makes them whole and gives them the capacity to pour into other people from a whole place. And so as educators, of course, knowing that the majority of educators are women, um, it's kind of that universal story is that universal um, struggle that a lot of teachers have and it's the same thing with me I went through a period where I was like you know I enjoy what I do in terms of teaching but it still feels like there's something missing in my life I didn't feel whole I didn't feel like I was able to pour from a whole place and so that inspired me to to seek out the things that that do allow me to pour from a place of abundance, to seek out the things that make me feel whole, that replenish me and restore, you know, my confidence and restore my trust in being able to achieve my dreams. Because as an educator, I'm always inspiring students to live out their dreams. And I want to make sure I'm the embodiment of that. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. I think there's, you've got to have routines and practices that keep you 
grounded and rooted into who you are, you can really get lost in yourself. And like I've heard before, some people live the same year 75 times and then call that a life. And that's not okay. You have so much potential and so much opportunity, but life can become redundant if you don't have those routines that keep you um, operating at your best self. Is there any examples, tips, or tools that you can share with us today uh, that wouldn't give away too much of the book that we can talk about and, and how to help teachers and women entrepreneurs as well? Yeah, so I think the the key thing is knowing that what fulfills you, there is no such thing as it being too simple or mm. it's not important enough. Like a lot of times we feel like the things that fulfill us have to be this grand thing. Like, you know, the thing we were called to do has to be being Mother Teresa or something of that extent. And the truth is, in my book, I use this bizarre um, example about how brushing hair could even be your purpose. And, you know, your purpose is tied to, and the things that fulfill you is tied to whatever you do with excellence and ease. Mm -hmm. And you're able to take that and do meaningful work. That is what's going to fulfill you. And so it doesn't always mean, it doesn't always mean that you're going to quit your full-time career and become a full-time entrepreneur. And I think some people get that confused. Some people's purpose and calling is tied to their career. And for other people, they need dual fulfillment. So for me, teaching students fulfills me in one way, but then coaching other women, it fulfills me in a different way in a different way and they go hand in hand for me. So there's no one size fits all fulfillment plan. You just have to figure out what you do with excellence and ease and use it to do meaningful work, you know, because something like brushing hair, that sounds kind of bizarre. Like how could that be your purpose? How could that be fulfilling for you? Well, I mean, I know off the top of my head that there are a lot of people who genuinely enjoy getting their hair brushed. And this day and time, people pay for anything. <laughs> so it might be something you wanna do for free or it could be something you monetize. I know um, in my family even, a lot of the elderly people in my family, that is something they enjoy. They love having their hair brushed and greased, you know? And so you don't have to overthink it. Don't think it has to be some grand thing you have to go and you know, start this huge business or this nonprofit or, you know, speak across the world. It's not even always that. It's just whatever you do with excellence and ease and then using that to, um, to do meaningful work. Yeah. Yeah. Excellence and ease. I, I, I am a big believer in purpose. I say that my purpose is to facilitate purpose and facilitate means to make it easier and purpose is to do what you love. So in everything that I do, I want to make it easier for the next person to do what they love. And just like you said, it can be brushing your hair, it can be brushing your teeth, you know, it can be changing the world or, you know, some, some anything in between. I know even for me, you know, I have, my focus was always on serving other people and still is, but now that I'm married, my focus is on being a really great husband, um, being a really good cultivator for our family and getting ourselves in a position to where when we have kids, they don't have to go to a babysitter and we can stay home. So just the priorities and the precedence of my life change as I grow up and get older as well. And I think sometimes, Trey, that we think 
we think of purpose as this life calling. And the truth is, my belief is that purpose is seasonal. You know, what your purpose is in this phase of your life may be something different next year or in the next five years. And we have to be willing to embrace that purpose evolves. I love that. I love that so much. I'm absolutely stealing it. Go right ahead. <laughs> purpose, isn't, purpose isn't always, say it again, purpose isn't always a life calling. Sometimes it's just seasonal. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's good. Break that down a little bit more. Talk, talk to me about what that means to you. Well, you know, the thing is, like, for instance, where I was in my life, you know, five years ago, me teaching was all I needed to feel fulfilled. I didn't feel like there was something um, missing in terms of, of that space. But it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like a house. When you own a house, <laughs> most of the time, once you fix one part of the house, something else will mess up. Like right. something start leaking or something breaks. And it's kind of the same way in our lives. Like we evolve as people. And what happens is we work really hard on one area of our life. And then another area of our life may require more attention. And so just like you may have something that is of most importance right now, like you just talked about how even for you, your purpose has evolved, like something that's really important to you right now may not be the thing that you now do with excellence and ease and that you're able to create, mm -hmm. you know, big impact with in five years that it may be something different because everything is probably going to change again once you have kids. But mm -hmm. I know for me growing up, purpose was kind of always approached as this one-dimensional thing like oh this is my life calling you know I was called to do this and the truth is like it may be a universal calling but for instance if I were attached to the fact that I thought my calling was to create inspirational journals and planners I would still be doing that and then I would be unfulfilled like those journals would have fixed it for a little bit but it would have been like putting a bandage on, on a wound instead of actually healing it. Hmm. Like now I understand, I do believe my life calling is to help other women, but what that looks like at each phase of my life may be something very different. And I've learned to just embrace that evolution. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And I think that's, you know, just again, personally in the season of my life, I'm, I'm thinking about this transition in, being motivated to go to the next level and understanding like, hey, Trey, yeah, you've done things right to this point. You've worked hard to this point, but this next season where you're trying to get to, it's gonna require a different level of work and a different set of skills to get there. So mm -hmm. you have to read more of those books. You've got to start over. You know, every, every time you take a step and you go from being a teacher to an advisor or an administrator to a principal, a principal to the district office, you you have there's another step in responsibility and accountability you have to take for yourself in in a lot of times that evolution and growth hurts because you have to dig you got to look in the mirror first to get it right you you have yeah. to you have to look at okay what what has to change in me so i can be ready and excel at this next level right so there's a lot you and you you know I'm, I don't want to get too much on my soapbox, but you kind of have to decide 
how much of that purpose you want to live to. You know, if it's, you know, I, I understand now in my life that I can't um, do everything. I, I can't be, give my all to everything and be a good husband and be a good dad when it's time. I've got to find a balance where I'm not sprinting and I'm not walking, but I'm, I'm, I'm moving pretty quick. I'm moving pretty swift. Um, right. So that's the goal. And I know my um, my mentor said something to me that has always stuck with me. And she said, um, be committed to the vision, but not attached to how you get there. And that is what really changed how I looked at evolution and purpose and all of that. It allowed me to, it made the letting go process a bit easier. You know, because a lot of times we want to have control over things we're not supposed to have control over or we try to make stuff fit that's not supposed to fit. But if we're just committed to the vision, but we release attachment to how we get there, that opens up the possibilities for us. Yeah, yeah. Release the expectations. That's that's actually uh, chapter seven of, of my book, Every Decision Counts, is called Release the Expectations. And it talks about how when you let go of the expectations of the world, it starts to show up, uh, opportunities start to show up in your life. So um, what, what do you think, how do you think this shows up in your, in, in your practice and what you do every day as a special education teacher? Well, honestly, you know, understanding that each child is individual and they have individual needs. And I cannot be attached to how I want to teach. That was one of my biggest growth. Um, one, of, one of my biggest areas of growth was releasing that notion of, of how I'm supposed to teach. Like, I came into teaching thinking, I teach this way and they'll get it. Mm. And what teaching has done is challenged me on a daily basis to consider different ways to meet the needs of my students. You know, that's something you have to learn early on is that if you want to create an, an experience that's actually enriching for you and your students, you have got to be flexible when it comes to instruction, when it comes to providing a child with a whole experience, a whole learning experience. You know, there are days where contrary to what, you know, what popular belief may be. But there are some days where when students come in, we, we just, we don't even tackle instruction in the beginning. We got to talk about what happened over the weekend because there are kids who are trying to process things that they are not emotionally capable of processing on their own. And then they don't have anybody at home to ask about it because that's probably going to get them cursed out or fussed at or whatever, just asking a simple question about what's going on in their life. Like kids now are dealing with so much more than what people give them credit for. You know, a lot of my students are dealing with things I've never had to even consider in my life. And then you want them to just walk into a school building and stash those feelings, those thoughts and emotions away. Like you just want them to, push them in a corner and immediately turn on the learning switch. And that does not, it doesn't work that way. Right. So I definitely feel like for me, that whole 
you know, not being, being committed to the vision and not attached to how you get there. As long as my students leave out of here safe, as long as they leave out of here learning something, I've done my, my job and they, they feel loved. I feel like I have done my job by keeping them safe, teaching them something and making them feel loved. And anything else, I have to release that, that expectation of it because it varies from day to day. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 pretty real. So are you helping? Is your goal? I know you you are getting started as a happiness coach and um, really starting to push yourself out there as that coach and everything. How are you? Um, how are you looking to impact women teachers or entrepreneurs that are struggling with some of these things? Just really, um, you know, as I expressed earlier, a lot of times as teachers, we are subjected to tons of professional development. And there are really two big um, disconnections there. And one of them, the one that I'm concerned with is that we are in these professional development sessions that teach us about the profession side of things. Mm -hmm. how to operate in the profession but you can't operate in the profession without the person behind it so what i do is develop the person behind the profession to make sure that the person walking and stepping into these new roles are able to fulfill them at an optimal level because they're coming they're coming in whole themselves you know we can't come in as halfway drained folks people who are dreading coming to work who are counting down the days till summer break all the way in January, we can't be those people and truly give students the learning experience they need. Like we can have a whole, a whole arsenal of teaching tips and strategies and all of that great stuff. But if we're not well, if we're not completely whole as the leader in the room, it's going to show through in how we operate and how we implement those things. Mm -hmm. So that's the gap that I feel. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I love it. Where, where do you feel like you're looking to, if we look forward two to five years, where do you see yourself? I see myself having um, a whole lot more workplace wellness awareness. Um, that's more accessible for schools throughout the U.S. Like, I really want there to be um, universal teacher wellness programs that address the mental, emotional side of health for teachers. You know, there's a huge, huge, huge gap there because um, there's just really no, there's, there's really no, um, nothing there to address that right now. So teachers are kind of, you go to school to learn how to teach. We learn that, you know, we don't learn how to handle the workload. We don't know how to handle the time commitment it requires that takes us away from our family, that takes us away from, you know, doing the things that we used to enjoy doing before we started teaching. Um, you know, people don't factor in Teachers spend so much of their time in the school. It's not a clock in, clock out type of job. You know, you have PTO, you have um, student 
student activities going on after school. Like there are always things going on where typically it takes so such a huge chunk of of your life outside of work. It really consumes so much of that. And I see it as it's similar to like people who are in a bad relationship, in unhealthy relationship. And they give so much of themselves to it until they find that they've lost themselves in the relationship. And then they have to find out who they are all over again. And it's the same thing with teaching. You give so much of it to yourself. I mean, you give so much of yourself to it. If you're not careful, you'll end up losing yourself and not even being sure who you are anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Well, it sounds like you have a lot to offer, Brittany, um, and I'm excited for people to continue to get to know and learn about the services that you offer and um, the difference that you're making in your school communities. Thank you. Thank you. Where can, where can the people go to find you or get in contact with you when it's time? BrittanySherelle.com. B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-S-H-E-R-E-L-L.com. And um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, at Brittany Sherelle. I'd love to hear from you. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you again. I'm honored to be here. Yes, indeed. And thank you for listening to the Dash Podcast. This is another great episode that we have here. And now would be a great time to subscribe on TreyGamers.com, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, um, and every other platform that you listen to the podcast on. So bring educators on here every week that facilitate solutions to school communities. So we'll see you next time. This is The Dad.